the oh. sound works. Are we really live? We're live. All right. All right. No uh, so, intro today. You want to do the intro? Because I can do it right here. It just takes a second. This is going on my Facebook. Welcome to the Security Squad Podcast, where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a live edition of the Security Squawk Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Horning, here with Randy Bryan, Reginald Andre, and we have a special guest with us, Cindy Phillips. The uh, MSP coach extraordinaire. That's what we'll call you. Thank you. I'll embrace that. (laughs) So we hope everyone can hear us. We are coming to you from my man Randy's uh, laptop. uh, Apple laptop. I don't know if anybody, (laughs) I don't think anybody's watching yet, so we're good. Why are we um, all here together? So we are at, uh, it's okay to say you work for some figure. It's, yeah, I collaborate with Seven Figure MSP. Yeah, absolutely. So Cindy works with us through uh, an organization called Seven Figure MSP. If you know Chris Weiser, um, if you're an MSP and you know Chris Weiser, that's his uh, company and his marketing program that he uses to help MSPs like us grow our business. And we're here at his live event that he does every quarter. Um, we've done this before, right, guys? Mm-hmm. We've gotten together, but it's the first time we've had uh, Cindy on. So thank you. I'm thank you excited. for inviting me. It's super excited. You, uh, you decided to take us up on our impromptu offer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never been on a podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Just so we apologize if there's any audio issues or anything today. I'm it's working. We're good. So, um, that's awesome. And just remember, uh, there is a fee for the show. We do this out of the goodness of our heart to educate you and keep you informed about what's going on in the world of cybersecurity, how it impacts your life and your business. And if we're exchange for our time and our effort, we just ask that you share our show and help us promote the show by letting the different platforms that we publish on, whether you like us, throw a comment in there, uh, rate us on a podcasting platform, all those little things help us Get out there, like, use, share, and use all those bots and computers to like mm-hmm. tell other people that this show is a worthwhile investment of your time, and, and we thank you for that. So keep doing that for us, and we'll keep coming to you every week, even when we travel. So that's right. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> the show's gonna be a little bit different today. Usually we kind of like cruise the internet, talk about articles. We're gonna do a little bit of that today. But we thought it would be a good idea to bring Cindy on because Cindy was actually on stage this morning at the event we're at doing a keynote. Um, and she took us through a, a really cool exercise where we broke down cybersecurity situations that we deal with on a regular basis. And we went through an exercise of, 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 of simplifying those. That's the easy way to put it. And, 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 and take these complex situations and and put them into layman's terms or make it easy to understand for the average person who really a lot of this stuff goes over their heads. And Cindy did a great job of using the analogy of like children's stories, like Cinderella and uh, Three Little Pigs. Um, And she really broke it down to us to really, you know, 
when you tell your stories, you got to break it down to a moral of the story. And I thought that was that was really good because we all learn about morals of stories at a very, very young age. Well, we have those stories. Right. We literally learn the moral, right? right? Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's really the key. Yep. And one of the things that also came out of that, which was huge, was Sydney had all the people at this event, uh, which is a lot of cybersecurity companies, uh, go around the room and basically say how many what we call endpoints that's the computers we protect and we always look at the computers we protect at the end of the day there's a human being on the other end of that device right so we call them users rather than endpoints and you know we in this room in this community that we're at today we protect 300,000 people um and that's really when you when you figured that out. I kind of knew where you were going with that. And I knew the number was going to be around there based on the people in the room. But it took you by surprise. It took your breath away. Oh, absolutely. When I heard, when I heard, well, what we did was we asked everybody and I put the question really simply, how many endpoints that's a person? So how many people are we protecting? But then where it really gets big is if you think about small business, think about small business, every person who works for a small company has a family. Most families need all the paychecks that they currently have coming in. They need those paychecks to come in every single week. So if a small business gets hit, we know what happens because we've seen it. And it's devastating to the small business, but it's crippling to the people Mm -hmm. who work for those small businesses. So one of the things that gets me jazzed up every day is I usually ask the folks that I'm working with, how many people are we protecting? And we found out this morning, the number was actually 286,000 plus people mm-hmm. that we were protecting mm-hmm. by doing our Only jobs. the people in that room were mm-hmm. represented. Yeah, Not exactly. everybody's here, right? Yeah. Now. So and that's thing one. Yeah, that's thing one. <laughs> and, the, and the thing that really, when you think about it that way, when you think about what a disruption to business can really mean to the people, it gets a whole lot more personal. Mm-hmm. It has a lot more weight to mm-hmm. it. And that's when you really have to start making things simple so that people understand that we need to take action. It's not something we can really wait on. Right. Even at our table or at all of our tables, but you had us tell each, tell a story to another person and tell a story back. And even just the one, so I, I, everybody was a and a B person. Right. And the one story I shared with somebody and he shared a story back with me. Like I can feel the weight of that even now thinking about it, how, cause we didn't know where this was all going, but just, we both ended up talking about how not only did it affect the business in ways that we couldn't have predicted, it affected individuals. And some of it had like, like months of, of even emotional anguish Absolutely. Um, that came as a, as a result, just these two, when, we, when I was talking to Tom, Tom was talking to me. I'm sure y'all went through the same, you know, the same thing. So it is, it is a pretty big deal. And I, I, I saw when it hit you, when you said that number, um, and, um, you know, it is, it is a big deal. Yeah, it's many, a really big deal. Many times when we're doing these podcasts, we're like, Oh, this company got hit, this company got ransomware. And then we just kind of move on, but we don't think about the effects that it has at mm-hmm. home. You know, when Kronos, for example, the payroll company and, and they got hit it, 
really, really affected a lot of people. So it was a great exercise. And that they're still going on. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not hit now with the ramifications. Right, right. I just talked about a person in peril not two or three weeks ago. Mm. And the whole Kronos thing is still is still an issue. People still are still dealing with it. Yeah. And, you know, we, I was talking to somebody, and you never think this, right? And what I'm about to say took me by surprise when I heard it, but when the MGM hack, right? A lot of people were talking about that because a lot of people like to go to Vegas, they like to gamble, they like to, you know, and it, it was, I, I, I actually compared the MGM hack from a PR standpoint to Colonial Pipeline. I don't think there's been as much press about cyber attack that there was around MGM since Colonial Pipeline. And Which was the one affected the gas. You right. couldn't get gas on the East Coast. Right, and, and that, you're talking two and a half years between the two events. And I just think about the thousands of cyber attacks that happened, the tens of thousands of cyber attacks that happened between the two. Um, so this is how much like the common person hears about it, but they're going to hear about it um, when it impacts something in their daily lives. But the big thing that people need to understand is how what what we call the blast radius, right, mm -hmm. is around this kind of stuff. And when you're talking about the MGM thing, yeah, people can't check into rooms, they can't gamble, they can't, you know, have fun, right? There's a whole industry in Las Vegas built around conventions and mm -hmm. conferences. And I was actually running into vendors who provide services for shows. They set up booths, they um, provide um, catering to you know the, the events or or the companies that are, are sponsoring the events, and they were completely shut down while this was going on. And MGM is a huge venue for this stuff, and you start to really think about it. Think about not only were these businesses impacted, but the people who turned the wrenches to build those booths. Mm -hmm. They are now laid off yep. until this operation is back up and running, and they can do shows again. So. You know, it really, the blast radius on these things can really impact a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And you just think about like that, who would ever think that the industry, the event industry would be impacted through a third party cyber breach because MGM was completely shut down. It's, it's wild. And I, I don't know how much has come out about how prepared they were um, in advance, because it seems like the, we always talk about limiting the blast radius. And it seems like their blast radius has been basically unlimited. I don't know the whole situation, if it has or hasn't, but it sure does seem like it. Right. Um, but, but that comes back to the whole concept of a supply chain. Right. Right. And so when MGM got hacked, right. now what we're seeing is all the downstream effects mm -hmm. of what's happening because they can't do business <coughs> the way that they normally should. And boy, I tell you what, you might think you're completely safe because you don't use the computers that much or you're not on the internet all the time. You know, hey, we're building booths. I mean, is there a business that you would think is less subject yeah. to damage mm -hmm. from well, we security attack? Booths, we don't need yeah, we just do. build booths. Oh, no, no, we just yeah. empty the trash cans, whatever it is we're doing. But we're also interwoven now. It's just crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a small world. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. to look at, again, this goes back to the theme of the weekend for at least our conversations. Driving home the risk conversation to businesses is, is where this has to live. Like, you have to understand if you're like that booth company and you you can't make any revenue or you're going to have delayed revenue 
like what's your contingency plan for when mm-hmm. the thing where the place you need to go to build your booth is how you make money is shut down what's your contingency plan like what's your back mm-hmm. you have to plan for this stuff we're no longer in a world where you cannot plan for a partner or a vendor to be down if you rely on them to you know deliver your services so. yeah and, and using the excuse you're too small to be hacked is no longer an excuse no the, yeah the, oh go ahead well going back to one of my favorite stories and this is an old story so you know sometimes we tend to think hey this just now started happening but we're like easily in year 10 of this stuff right mm-hmm. i mean easily maybe even more mm-hmm. but i i I go back to 2017, I had a client call me up on the phone and said, hey, uh, one of my customers got hacked, but they're convinced the solution to being hacked is to fire the 19-year-old receptionist that clicked on the bad link. Mm-hmm. So the reason I like to tell that story is because there's a human cost associated with making a simple error mm-hmm. that anyone could make. Mm-hmm. Anyone could make that error. And yet there are still people out there who are like, okay, I'm just going to fire this person and that's going to take care of the problem. And we all know that anybody can make an unforced error like tennis. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make an unforced error. But I think there are still people out there who think I can just assign blame. Mm-hmm. And there's really, that's not where the blame lives, right? Well, usually, you know, in my experience, people making that decision are the ones that are losing their jobs. Yeah. And they think they can assign blame to That's a good an outside provider or a cyber insurance company or the policy is going to cover them in this. Yeah, that might be the case, but you start to go through the event, right? And if somebody decides along the way of analyzing that event that you didn't make the most prudent decision here, you're gone. And that's yeah. what we're seeing. We mm-hmm. just saw it with the healthcare system in, in the Midwest that got hacked. CFO was fired in the middle of the event, right? Why the CFO? Probably because the CFO was the one who made the decision right. on the IT side. Mm-hmm. Or authorized the bank charge, the transfer. Yeah. Uh, or it wasn't that they got hit with ransomware. Right? Uh, they got hit with ransomware, so it wasn't that. Yeah, they, I just believe that that CFO made a decision to spend so much on cybersecurity. Or spend it so little. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, we're only spending this dollar amount. Yeah. Never had a risk conversation <clears> to understand what you're going to lose if you have a cyber event and just looked at it as a one to three percent line item yeah and, so, and, and you know the other thing this kind of goes back to i don't know if you guys remember this but do you remember when you were like 22 years old 25 years old and and you and you had the conversation probably with one of your parents i know randy's going through this with his adult children but you have the conversation mm-hmm. with one of your parents about you need to buy insurance mm-hmm. now Mm-hmm. because you're young and nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go get you some life insurance at 22 or 25 because you're young. You don't have any pre-existing conditions. And what do people at that age say? I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah, I can always do it later. And it's the do it later thing that we're all super familiar with yeah. until it's too late to do it later. Right. Right? Well, that's interesting you bring the do it later thing up because in this article that I wanted to reference as we were talking that I think, you know, parlays well with your presentation this morning is- Because you literally said, pay, you pay now or you'll pay later, later and you always pay later, you always pay more. Right. Yeah, pay paying so, now is always cheaper than paying later, yeah. Right, pay me now, pay me later, right? right. You, could, you said, you know, I agree with you, you're either paying inside a criminal 
or you're going to pay an IT company to get you out of a mess, right? Which is what we saw with MGM. They didn't pay the silent criminals. Right. But what they, what I believe happened is the really smart people who know what they're doing around IT got in the room with the CEO and said, here's what it's going to cost if you want to pay your way out of this and pay the cyber criminals. You're going to have to do this regardless, which means you're going to have to basically build everything from the ground up, new infrastructure, new servers, new everything. And the CEO said, well, if I'm going to have to do that anyway, and I know my backups are good, and I'm not dealing with a data exfiltration problem, I'm not going to pay these guys, and I'm just going to start paying for what I got to pay for, which at the end of the day, we all know here, they probably should have been paying for it the last 10 years, and they were skimping, and now they're going to have to pay for it yeah. in about two months. And, and well, they've been paying for it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though they didn't pay the criminals, right. they've lost business. They've lost business. 100, again. 100 million plus, 200 million. Yeah, I mean, that's... Stock price. Mm -hmm. Stock yeah. price. That's all, that's all associated expenses, but I'm saying when you're sitting there trying, and the CEO, you're being told, you have to rebuild all your infrastructure anyway, then that's when he's just like, well, if I got to do, if, if paying the ransom is either situation, if I pay or not pay, I still have to do this over here regardless, then I'm not paying. I'm just going to move on and, and, and pick up yeah. from the pieces from where we are. That's it. So here's what I think is going on. Since the cybersecurity threat is, is I'm going to call it relatively new, right? Last however many years. Mm -hmm. People, we haven't been through enough generations yet where we've got generational knowledge that here's what we need to do to protect our business. Wow. We're still in that first sort of generation mm -hmm. of business owners yep. who are having to face the question. So they're not sure how they should handle the question. Right. Two generations from now, this will be as routine as, as buying any kind of insurance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it'll be implemented differently. There's also not a lot of going along with the same things. There's probably not a lot of stories that they've heard. Oh yeah. Where they're not really aware. I mean, I've literally, I'm sure y'all have to literally, literally had business owners tell me, well, if I get hit by cyber attack, I would just shut everything down. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or yeah, you know, walk away or start something new. And you're like, so you're just going to like, what are you going to fire all your employees? Yeah. Well, no, I'll keep paying. But what are you going to pay them with? Right. Your money just got taken out of the bank. So it's, you won't have any money at yeah, all. You're frozen. You're I mean, you're, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, you're right. People do think like that. So we got some data here from the Identity Theft Resource, Resource Center that came out with their 2023 Business Impact Report. And, and I, I like this because I agree with a lot of what's being said here. Um, and this is what businesses are doing out there. And, and this is, you hear me on the show say all the time that businesses are treading water in, in, in the deep end right now, trying to keep up with this stuff. And, and cyber criminals definitely have the upper hand. And we're starting to see data on how executives are handling cybersecurity. And, um, you know, one of the things that stood out to me in this article was that you have about 75% of the businesses that were in this survey, actually 85%, and this is up in one year by 70%. So okay. last year it was 15%. And that is that these small businesses feel like they are better prepared 
to respond to a cyber incident this year than they were last year. But you want to layer on top of this data set, and we, we're going to discuss what this means here in a minute, but it says, yet relatively few are following cybersecurity's best practices to help prevent a breach in the first place. Adoption rates for MFA, mandatory strong passwords, and role-based access for employees ranges from just 20 to 34%. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, you know, on the surface, I just look at that and go, okay, that's just people talking and they don't know what they don't know. Like, if you're going to say, 85% are going to say, yeah, we can we can get through a cyber incident or we're prepared for a cyber incident, but you're not even doing the basics. You know, it's like... Sounds restrained optimism. It, right. It's sort of, like I said, it's, they don't know what they don't know, right? They, right. they you know, okay, we, we wrote an incident response plan or somebody gave us an incident response plan template. Or... Okay, antivirus. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like okay. I feel like in a way, like I've seen insurance companies as a value add give companies policy templates. Right. So like, yeah, you have an incident response policy that you've got a template from your insurance agent. You look, just because you have an incident response piece of paper, if you haven't actually practiced that plan, gone through a tabletop. You don't really have a plan. You don't have a clue as to what you're going to be dealing with when the shit hits the fan. That's right. So, That's right. I mean, I hope these 85% are not confident about their incident response well, because they have a piece of paper. Well, they, but regardless of why they're confident, they are confident. 85% said we're, hand, we're ready to yes. handle an attack. Yes. And then you look at the data, only 20 to 30% have on, have on simple things like MFA, um, Tough passwords, and what was the uh, what was the third one? Um, Role-based uh, access to data. So that that's more than like unbridled optimism. That's almost just like we're walking around in a in a war, not even aware that bombs are blowing up all around us. It's it's almost it's almost a complete polar. Like here's the truth, and here's what I think. It's almost like completely opposite. 85% and 20 to 30%. That's, but you know, what? I say it all the time. It's disturbing. They're getting this from their IT company, from their IT company or their, their IT director. It's like or their insurance agent. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, the other, that's true. Man. Yeah. The other thing, so the other things I didn't mention is that the, the businesses in this survey, 73% were attacked. <laughs> Last year. Okay. Oh. So the only, so that, that's, you know, when you're talking about that kind, that kind of number, they may just feel like oh, we're, we were prepared for an incident because we've already been through one. Because mm -hmm. like, we've been through one, you might be through a, a totally different, yeah. you know, you might have been through a business email compromise, but you might have to deal with the, ransomware. Two different things. And the statistic, I think, is like, what is it, 80% of companies that get hit are going to get hit again? Yeah. So we're, the numbers are just kind of backing that up. I'm so really here's, here's, a, here's the other interesting set of numbers that I love out of this that goes back to what we started off the podcast with. And that's more respondents said they saw other impacts such as customers losing trust at 32% and higher employee turnover at 32%. Now let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't think CEOs are in tune to the fact, and I've been saying this for years, guys, I've probably said it on the show a million times. No employee wants to be the reason that a company went out of business right. because of a cyber attack. 
nobody wants to live with that PTSD because you will have PTSD mm -hmm. if you're the employee zero who caused the company to get shut down. But there's another thing. Employees are smart. Yeah. So a company gets hit, we know they're going to struggle financially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm somewhere, they just got hit. Oh my, I better brush up my resume. Mm -hmm. yep. Right? Yep. I better be the first person out the door rather than the last. <laughs> yep. That's right. So there's a there's a stampede to at the door, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think that's gotta be playing a part as well. I don't think most business owners even that it's not even considered. Yeah, I, and that's a big discussion. We're trying to push with prospects and clients is employee morale around this. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's hundred percent a real thing. And that if you're providing security awareness training to your employees and they feel confident about what they're doing in front of the computer, it, it really does. And you're educating them. Not only that, like people like to be educated, like it's a weird thing, but people actually like to be educated. And I think like just rolling out our cyber awareness program, our client client base, we get a lot of good feedback from that. And, and people feel like, wow, I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that, you know, and you're, we're constantly putting things in front of these people that they don't know. And it's helping them recognize things and, and spot things. The, oh, yeah. the thing with the cybersecurity training, it does help with making decisions, better decisions right now, right. but it still doesn't help us see past the event right. to see the destruction that's going to be on the other side. Going back to the, the stories that you mentioned, I do, I agree hundred percent with what you said. I think, second gen third third gen we're going to have more stories and people are kind of going to know like you know if we talk about like right, right now about a car crash we've all seen enough of that to kind of know after the fact kind of what goes on but if you say a cybersecurity attack most businesses haven't seen it you know they haven't seen the the ramifications where not only the blast radius but then the you know the people down the road that have emotional, you know, emotional trauma, people leaving the door, all that stuff. Why are y'all smiling? No, no, but me, I'm, I'm just thinking in 20 years, we're going to be on the stage somewhere and they're going to call us pioneers. That's right. <laughs> See, why were you laughing? No, I, I, I was thinking, laughing at, or smiling I was thinking about a mutual, I was thinking about what you were saying when, when you were saying what you're saying. I just think about all the CEOs, because you mentioned this in your talk today, and it was like, you said, how many CEOs are going to like industry events like we're at today and, and, and standing up and saying, we got hit with a cyber attack. Mm -hmm. you're, you're like zero mm -hmm. and you're right. But they do have private conversations. Mm -hmm. They do have private and, conversations. Like, you know, over cigars mm -hmm. and, and they reveal that they were cyber attacks and they're, you know, guys that they trust and they have confident, mm -hmm. you know, their confidants, you know, there's right. you have your circle of business owners that you kind of trust and say things to, right. Mm -hmm. That you wouldn't say to other people, mm -hmm. you know, in public. And that definitely happens. And that gets back to me. Like, Hey, I was talking to this guy and he got hit. And that's where these CEOs and these executives are talking about this stuff is, is over a beer or over a cigar. And that's when the stories are being shared. And that's when people are like, hey, I got to do something because Dr. So-and-so got hit. And I don't want to get hit like him. And oh, yeah. that's how that's how it's going down. And I was smiling because Sydney and I have a mutual person that we know in the accounting world. Yes, our dear friend, um, <laughs> who I hope is watching. <laughs> and, and he and, and he got hit, and I and I yeah. well, heard he got hit. And it was, oh, it was so sad when I heard that. Again, he, he's not going around telling everybody that. This was a private one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. 
Um, and I, that's what I was smiling about because I'm thinking like, man, I was like, dude, it's whisper down the lane all day long. Well, uh-huh. so this whisper down the lane thing, this this mutual friend we know that got hit, his heart is in that business. Oh God. And so that's the other thing that people kind of, you know, hold back from and don't really talk about is the emotional hit that the business owners can take. His logo is his. Yeah, I can't say. <laughs> but there's an emotional He's got a cool logo. hit. Yeah, there's an emotional hit that you take when something like that happens, yeah. and you have to figure out, okay, well, how am I gonna, how am I gonna bounce back from right. that, right? Right. And it's it's a really big. But you deal. did, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah. It did bounce back, but it did hurt. But it's not something you plan for, no. right? I mean, well, you should be. There you, there you go. Right, you should be, but every and like these these numbers back up what I said. Companies, whether we like it or not, the reality is, is companies are in the deep end treading water because um, <clears throat> you see it in the numbers with, with the basics, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. not doing the basics. And mm-hmm. if you're not doing the basics, look, the cyber criminals are way beyond your your MFA protection. They're, 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 they're 10 steps ahead of that. That was their problem two years ago. Mm-hmm. They figured out how to get around MFA at this point. If they really want to get to your stuff and get, get you, they'll get you. I mean, that's where we are today. Yeah, so. yeah. And something that was talked about yesterday, they had an incident um, threat response company, and he talked about how the, even the MSPs are not ready. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure we can take this statistic mm-hmm. and put it on top of uh, managed service providers. And they were talking about how, you know, we are that octopus. So if we're not protecting ourselves, our own companies, and then now just imagine making mm-hmm. it in and now just mm-hmm. spread it across all of the clients that, I'll probably yes. mention this on stage tomorrow because we're actually doing a version of the show at the event tomorrow. Um, and we're going to go into some cyber attacks. MGM is going to be one of them. Um, and I was a little surprised today when our friends at CyberQP got on stage and not many MSPs raised their hand when they said, who's partnering here? Because that's, honestly, that's the only identity access management tool that is in this space so how everybody's not using that right now is beyond me and just so everybody knows like we use a a tool that if your employee calls into our help desk we use this tool to verify their identity to make sure it's really them calling in so we're not resetting a password or doing something for a scammer or a cyber criminal who's trying to impersonate that person which is exactly how MGM got hacked. Yeah. So they they literally went to LinkedIn and got information on an employee, and then started doing um, imperson- impersonation, like calling mm-hmm. in in the middle of the night, you know. And whoever took the call didn't didn't vet them, and next thing you know, they've changed the password, and boom, they're in, living off the land. Yeah. So. So some people can say, "Oh well, I know my clients," you know. But now I was actually at an AI conference. And they talked about how they just need three seconds of your voice. And then basically it's like a, you just type whatever yeah. you want that person to yeah. say. So again, if the hackers want to get in, they're going to find a way to get in. 100%. So. All right, guys. Well, good talk. I think we're well over a half hour in at this in point. We're going to keep the show. I don't see any. Okay. No, I think we're good. Um, but I appreciate Cindy being here. Thanks yeah. for having yeah, me. It was great. It was a blast. Cindy is... Uh, uh, we're, we're typically referred to as unsung heroes in, in the business world, uh, MSPs and, and cybersecurity people. But Cindy's the unsung hero in our oh, in our world. Yes. So yes. Thank we, you. you know, this is uh, somebody who is out there 
coaching and, and helping a lot of cybersecurity business owners out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's got to feel good about what she's doing every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. so thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having me. So thank you for having me. It was so nice. Yeah. And remember, share the show, and we'll see everyone next week. Have a good one. Take care. Mm-hmm.